Let's go to uh, text messages. Got a few text messages coming through here. First of all, we have uh, somebody texted in and said, <coughs> excuse me, please wish Kate all the best for her week on Faith FM Coast Hosting with you. She is doing a great job. Oh, who's that from? Uh, a listener. Oh, a listener. Thank yes, you, listener. a listener. <laughs> a listener has texted in and said, uh, yeah, so that's, that's awesome. Kate is going to be here with us uh, for the rest of this week, I think. At least until Thursday. Yes. And hopefully till Friday. We'll see how we go. Um, anyway, so a couple of other ones. Uh, Pope Francis' trip to Iraq, considering its history, must mean that it's time for that church to come back home as the Church of Rome, as you said, is that church that will rule the world in the last days. Not too many religions left in the world that are not connected to the papal church. How close must we be to the end? Mm. I would only take... Exception to one word in this, or maybe two words, come back. I would say the church in the East was never joined to the church in Rome. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I'm splitting hairs. This is, this is, this is me having fun splitting hairs this morning. It's one of those <laughs> things that guys like to do. Guys love to get together, have a, a Bible study. Have you ever noticed that? How guys love to get together and have a Bible study and split hairs? Oh yeah. We can entertain ourselves for entire Saturday or Sunday afternoon splitting hairs over the Bible. It's good Excellent. Fun. It's good fun. Okay. Um, oh, and a couple of uh, guesses here for Devastated and Steel. But, um, yeah. Okay, so those are our text messages this morning. Of course, if you would like to send us a message or give us a call, make sure you save these numbers in your phone, 1-800-324-843, or for our text line, 0491-064-669. Yes, and you could win The Authentic Book by Sean Boonstra. Okay, that's the uh, Daily Devotional. All right, Bible study time. Let's get into it. Uh, we are in Isaiah chapter 55, and we are going to begin in verse 1. Actually, before we do that, we haven't mentioned for a while, and I do need to remind all of our listeners uh, about the Faith FM Australia app. So not the Faith FM app, the Faith FM Australia app. Best way to listen to Faith FM, you're never going to lose the signal, you're never going to have a bad signal, any of that kind of thing, and you're going to be able to get... Uh, um, yeah, get the show pretty much wherever you can get service on your phone. The Some people worry like, oh, is it going to chew up all my download? No, it hardly uses any at all. It's almost insignificant. Run it through the Bluetooth in your car or run it through the uh, aux cord and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. We've got another one coming through here. Let's see if this one, let's see what our producer has to show, say about this particular guest coming through on the phone. And the head is being shaken again, <laughs> and so it's not it's not throwing ash. Uh, uh, right. Okay. It's not throwing ash. Nice. Good try. Good try. Good try. But it's not. Okay. Bible study. Isaiah chapter 55. Let's start in verse 1. Okay. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Okay, let me. I'm going to read this one from the KJV simply because I like the way it says it. I like the poetry of the language here, and well, it's kind of how I'm used to hearing it. Uh, Where are we? 55 verse 1 Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. 
Yes, come buy wine and milk without honey and without price. Mm. I seem to think that there's a song related to this passage. Right, Producer Shell is nodding her head. Maybe we can find this song and play it during, and we can't find this song. Apparently we have searched for this song high and low and it cannot be found. has to be out. Do you know the song that goes with this verse? Uh, we could write one. There is one, though. Oh, yes. There's one, there's one that already exists. Yeah, ho everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. It's a it's a good it's a catchy way. Catchy little tune. Yes, it's a catchy little tune, and it's a great great way to remember scripture. Maybe you should record it. Okay, there you go. Mm-hmm. Challenge for Kate, and uh, we can share it on Friday. Or maybe you can, well, there you go. Or 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 um, maybe you can write one for the whole passage. Now, now, I've, now, I've, now I've put Kate on this. You, see, for those of you who don't know Kate, she's a singer, songwriter, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, she has lots of talents. All right. Not just, That's not just radio hosting. <laughs> <laughs> see what just a very do. new talent. <laughs> uh, let's see what we can do. All right. Uh, this is a really interesting. Well, let's keep reading. We've got more verses here. Keep reading. Um, okay. Yeah. Keep, just, just read down through verse 7, and then we'll come back over these verses. All right. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. See how I used him to display my power among the peoples. I made him a leader among the nations. You also will command nations you, you do not know, and peoples unknown to you will come running to obey, because I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, have made you glorious. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God, for he will forgive generously. Uh, what an amazing passage. <laughs> yep. This is fantastic stuff. By the way, you know how I was talking about splitting hairs early and how guys love to split hairs? Mm-hmm. And I split hairs and I was right. And I was right. <laughs> and, uh, let me see here. You are technically, this is the text message, you are technically, technically correct about the church in Iraq. But you know what I meant. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> okay, so I was technically correct, but we know what we know exactly what he was saying. Yeah, absolutely. The church in the east was uh, separate from the church in Rome. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so the passage that we've just read here, while it's a beautiful piece of poetry, it's like it's meant, it's a fantastic piece of poetry. Mm-hmm. It is uplifting, it is inspiring, it is just, you know, it, it, it gives you a sense of the character of God, but it's also incredibly confusing. <laughs> now, I think as Christians often, because we're used to the gospel story, we don't actually stop and think about it, just how confusing this passage is. All right, so let's have a, have a, a listen here. Uh, 55 verse 1. Um, Ho, everyone that thirsteth. That's the King James Version. So, hey, everyone that's thirsty, um, come and buy 
come to the waters, and whoever has no money, come and buy and eat. Stop there for a moment. The Bible says if you're thirsty or if you are hungry and you have no money, all right, so you've got no money, come and buy and eat. How are you going to buy something if you have no money? So, so, so here's the, here's the example, and it's given in the Bible. So, let's say that uh, you are doing, you know, um, ministry amongst poverty-stricken people, maybe homeless people, maybe people from a developing country, but people who have no currency, have no money. How can they buy? They have nothing to barter with. They have nothing to trade with. And you say, "Hey, guys, I've got plenty of food here and plenty of water. You can buy some." Um, so you can buy some, right? But, and they're like, well, we don't have any money, so we can't buy some. And then you say, but you don't need any money. Hmm. How do you buy something if you don't have money? That is a very good question. This is a confusing passage, isn't it? This is a (laughs) conflicted passage. This passage makes no sense when you stop. How do you buy something? Because it's not like this person is saying, come and get some free food. No. They're saying, come and buy some free food. So there must be some kind of cost. There's a cost involved. There is value to this item. Mm -hmm. Is a principle that I learned when I was doing literature evangelism. And it goes a little bit like this. You can you can go through you know the whole of Newcastle, which is where we broadcast from, with the breakfast show, or wherever you wherever you might be, and you can um, give every household a piece of free literature. And ninety nine point nine percent of that goes straight into hopefully the recycling bin. Hopefully not the other bin, but you know, <laughs> um, above hopefully people actually read it. But you know, ninety nine percent of it, or ninety nine point nine percent of it, goes into the recycling bin. If you go through that same area and you knock on the doors and you meet the people and you share the material with them and then uh, you're going to have a higher level of readership of that material. Sure. If you then ask for money for that piece of material and even if it's as cheap as a cup of coffee, then people will read it. Because they value it. The material hasn't changed. The piece of literature, the book that you're sharing, has not changed. It's exactly the same. But if a person pays some money for it, they will read it because there's value involved in it. Hmm. I don't know about who you are, but I'm the kind of person when I go to a restaurant and uh, I buy food, I eat it. I can be so full that I'm like as full as a tick, you know, about ready to pop, and I'm like, I I paid for this food <laughs> yes. with money. I'm going to finish this meal. Do not waste. Do not waste. <laughs> now, if I had received that food for free, well, I kind of grew up in that home where you never throw food away, but I would be. It would be easier to say, you know, the dog might enjoy this, right. Um, as my leftovers. Now, I, I must say this. It's not a healthy mindset. It's not a healthy attitude. You should never eat past the point of feeling full. No. Don't have enough digestive juices for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. In fact, in fact, health experts 
seem to tell me, and I don't know whether this is right or wrong. Maybe you know whether this is right or wrong and you can let us know. But uh, health, health experts do tell me that um, that uh, you should always leave the meal feeling still a little bit tad hungry. Because it takes 20 minutes to fully uh, feel full in your stomach. There you go. So if you're still feeling – so 20 minutes later, you'll actually feel full. Mm-hmm. Why, does, why is the, the connection between the brain and the stomach so slow? <laughs> Good question. Maybe we're going to have to hold this question for uh, Dr. Paul Wood when he comes on next time. He's our resident expert GP, and we'll ask him, why does it work like this? But anyway, we're getting sidetracked. We're getting way sidetracked. How do we get sidetracked like this? <laughs> um, we're talking about buying something, buying wine and milk without money and without price. There's no price attached to this. It is free, but you've still got to buy it. Okay, so here's the first point. When the Bible talks about buying food here, buying, um, you know, things to eat, what is the Bible actually talking about? When Jesus says, I am the bread of life, what does that actually mean? What are we eating? You're asking yeah, me. Yeah, I'm putting okay. on the spot. See, what, <laughs> see this, is, this, is where you, this is where you test out the new co-host. It's like, I'm going to throw a curly question and see what happens right here. <laughs> I think it means consume, as in, you know, read the word, uh, have a personal relationship with God. Have a connection. Um, have a connection. So uh-huh. it's eating. It's just um, the closest you can get to it. Yeah. How <laughs> Putting it in your mind. How important is eating for you? Uh, extremely priorities. Uh, yeah, <laughs> out there, one of the it? highest. It's kind of there's this principle in life, and it's a fact. You don't eat, you die. Exactly. There you go. All right. So eating is pretty important, and I think that sometimes, you know, if we treated our Christian experience like with the we, if we played this place the same priority on our relationship with God as we do with uh, our relationship with food, we would have a much stronger relationship with God. We would. Yeah. We would. Anyway, we continue on. Are you a foodie, by the way? I, uh, yes. Oh, there you go. I'm not a foodie. I'm kind of like, well, whatever you put in front of me. That looks like food. I'll eat that. I'm the gluten-free, sugar-free, dairy-free. Oh, you're that kind of foodie. (laughs) That's super impressive. So I love to make things interesting that, um, you know, most people wouldn't. Gourmet healthy food. Gourmet healthy. Gourmet healthy. See, you and Shell need to share notes because she's totally into all that kind of stuff. And and, and I just eat it and it just tastes good. Good. You know, it's just whatever comes across my plate that, you know, with one exception. What's that? Mushrooms. Oh, mushrooms. Yeah, I have a sermon on mushrooms. They're not going to be in heaven. Well, I'm a colon hydrotherapist and mushrooms don't digest well. That's what I see mostly. That and corn. There you go. go. (laughs) Oh, don't even mention corn. Don't go there. Do not go there. But surely corn's got lots of good fibre in it, right? Yeah, but it just comes out whole. But it must work like a bit of a pull through as it goes through, and I'm sure it scrubs something. Scrubs and yeah. cleans, and yeah. See, this is positive. Okay, don't don't take away my corn. I am a corn connoisseur. Oh, okay. Yes. See, when I grow corn, and I pick that corn to eat, I boil the water before I go outside to where the corn is growing. Oh, it's very close. Yes, so that you know you 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 you, you peel the corn, mm-hmm. and it goes. So you, you you break it off the corn stalk. You take it inside, 
And so it's still absorbing juices out of those leaves that are still wrapped around it. And then you peel those leaves off and dump it straight into boiling water. Ah, but then you're getting rid of a lot of the nutrients. So it's better to steam it. No, no, it's, but it's like this. This is, this is how it works with corn. Okay. We are so sidetracked. Okay. We, I promise we're getting back to our Bible study. But with corn, the sugar in the corn starts to turn into starch after you pick it. Okay. But it takes three minutes for that process to start. Oh, that's why you boil the water. So that it goes into the boiling water before the three minutes starts and you get the maximum amount of sugar. So it's sweet. A sweet corn. Oh, nice. A sweet corn. And that process finishes 20 minutes after the corn has been picked. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you got, you got every 20 corn minutes. that I've ever eaten is... You have never eaten corn unless you have eaten it straight off the corn stalk. All right. Next time. Next time. Okay. Um, we have a bunch of text messages here. Somebody actually texted about the uh, garbage truck question we had earlier. We'll get back to those um, after this. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We did have some text messages. Now, very much earlier on in the first half of the show, uh, in our positively different news, Kate was sharing a story about a garbage truck driver who picked up a garbage bin that had a small boy in it yep, who was playing hide and seek. Yes. And he hid in the garbage bin and he happened to see it in the truck's camera. And I was just asking the question, well, how much, if you're a, if you're a garbo, how much time do you actually spend looking at that? camera and looking at the contents of people's garbage. Somebody texted through. All Garbo trucks have cameras for inside and your side of the house facing the street. They take photos if you put the wrong things in the wrong bins. (laughs) Well, I wonder how this person knows that. Yes, they say, I have received a warning letter. (laughs) It's all displayed on the dashboard, so there you go. We have... uh, we have some information uh, and love to hear from a uh, garbage truck driver. If there's one out there that is listening, if you're listening as you're uh, driving around this morning, listening to the show, we would love to hear from you and hear how that actually works. I've never, ever sat in the driver's seat of a garbage truck. Me neither. Maybe we need to give it a try one time. Anyway, uh, where were we up to? Bible study time. We are talking about the fact that the Bible says, come and buy without money. And I, I can, in other words, this is free but it is costly. Mm-hmm. When we talk about salvation, is salvation free? Yes. Is it costly? Yes. Let's talk about this. <laughs> All right. So, uh, and the fact that that uh, that the Bible talks about buying clearly, there is a value that is ascribed to this thing. And this is one of the things. And this is sort of where I was heading to earlier. You know, when you ask for money for something, and you know, ask for money for a piece of book, for a book or whatever, people will read it, give it to them for free. They'll never read it. And it's just one of those those human things where um, I sometimes wonder when it comes to salvation whether we value it. We do not value it as we should because we do not recognize its value because it is offered to us as a free gift. Yes, that makes sense. Which is probably part of the reason why human beings are always trying to find some way to work for salvation, to try and somehow find some value to it. Well, we're going to find some value this morning and we're going to find out what we can actually do. All right, so what's our first verse there, uh, Peter? First Peter, first Peter 1, 18 and 19. Mm-hmm. So it says, 
For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors, and the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver, it was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. Okay, so does salvation come with a cost then? Huge one. Is there anything more expensive than salvation? No. It is the single most valuable thing that there is in the entire universe. There is nothing of greater value than salvation, salvation. because it cost the life of the Son of God. Yep. And that is absolutely beyond our computation. We can't even begin to imagine it. Okay, then when Jesus offers that salvation to us, what does it cost? Well, it is free. Yes. To receive it. Um, but there are a few verses that would suggest that there, it does come at a little bit of a price still. Should we look those up? Absolutely. If you could, uh, yeah, let's go to Luke chapter 14. There's a great passage in Luke 14. I think it's, um, what is it, verse 26, Luke 27? 14, 26. That's the one. Yes. Let's head over there and let's see what the uh, Bible has to say. Okay, so mine says, the New Living Translation says, If you want to be my disciple, you must hate everyone else by comparison. Your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. The cost of discipleship. I'm glad that Jesus said this, not me. Yes, <laughs> and hate such a strong word. Oh, it's a very <laughs> strong word. Loveless. And, and, okay, the NLT puts the word comparison in there, mm-hmm. by comparison. You don't find that. And that's a, that's an interpretive explanatory phrase that is not in the original. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very valid interpretive explanatory phrase. I'm not a big fan of adding things in um, because it's looking at the intent of the passage and the intent of what Jesus is saying. But Jesus is using extreme language here to state that if we are going to be his disciple, we cannot have anything in our lives that is greater than Jesus Christ. Because mm-hmm. that's idolatry. Exactly. It cannot be father or mother or wife or spouse or children or husband or otherwise. Only Jesus can be number one mm-hmm. in our life. And that's the cost of discipleship. You know, if you keep reading from there, um, Luke goes on to talk about, you know, Whoever, you know, is, is, sits down to build a house without stopping to, you know, figure out whether he can, whether he's got enough money to build it. Or who can, who, when they go to war, you know, if they're going to go and fight, you know, this empire against that empire, and he's like, well, I've got half as many men in my army as they do, which really was the deciding factor in those days. Um, in almost every battle that took place, the deciding factor was weight of numbers. There were occasions when you had master strategists who would win a battle with a smaller force, but very, very rarely. Those are the exceptions. They're well known because they are the exceptions. Uh, but it's like, well, whoever does that without stopping and figuring out, can I actually take this person on? Can I actually win this battle? Yeah. Count the cost. Count the cost. Count the cost of discipleship. Okay, so discipleship then does come with a cost. What is the cost of discipleship? And what do we buy the free gift of salvation with? A very good question. <laughs> Would you what what are, you, what are your thoughts on this one, Kate? Well, so there's the whole faith versus works. Um, That's right. You know, discussion. The and Bible says, "For by grace are you saved, saved through, through faith, 
that not of yourselves is the gift of God. Not, not of works. Lest anyone should boast. So we didn't even look this one up. <laughs> <laughs> For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good, good works. works. Which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Oh, look at that. <laughs> By memory. KJV version as well. Or new KJV. Okay. Um, well done. So... So it's free for us, yes. but then sin is going to separate us from God. Yes. Um, sin separates. And when we're so grateful for the free gift of salvation and um, Jesus is in our hearts um, by his Holy Spirit, then, of course, the good works are going to happen. That's right. Um, and if you don't have good works, it's kind of... Just evidence. Yeah. Of evidence. where you're at. Exactly. Yep. The cost of discipleship is the cost of sin. That's what it's going to cost you, giving up sin, saying, Jesus, take it. I don't want it. That's the cost right there. Surrender of self. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. It is now time for Question of the Day. Okay. So the question that's come in says, we cannot impose our subjectivity and imagine people from 2,000 years ago shared the same or similar subjectivity. Doing so is anti-historicist, and this approach leads to wrong understandings. So to imagine how someone else felt from a completely different culture, history, time, and context is liberalism and subjectivism. Okay, so this is uh, an interesting, (coughs) excuse me, uh, question and it's actually part of a long series of questions that came in. So we tried to just sort of shorten it down a little bit and grab one thought and uh, maybe deal with one thought at a time. And uh, what it comes down to really is this: when it comes to history, the study of history is a fascinating uh, uh, art, I guess. It's not the word I'm looking for, but there are two basic philosophies to how you approach history. Uh, history used to be presented as a humanity subject. In recent times, it's become a science subject. And so people have taken a scientific approach to history. And either one of those disciplines is just as valid. You can, you can look at it from a humanities perspective. You can look at it from a science perspective. Okay. So a scientific historian is going to be the kind of person who is going to be, he's going to say, we are only going to record that which we know. Now that's going to be incredibly limiting because we actually know very, very little. Um, take, for instance, the a recent event from history, the assassination of JFK. All right? So this was an event that took place in broad daylight on a sunny day uh, in front of literally thousands of eyewitnesses. Right? Wow. And we still have no idea what happened on that day. Um, you know, you've got uh, the report by the uh, Dallas police, then you've got the FBI report, the Warren Commission report, the Ramsey Clark panel, the Rockefeller Commission, the Church Committee, the United States House Select Committee on Assassinations, the JFK, uh, the JFK um, Act and Assassinations Records Review Board, etc., etc., etc. There's more than sixty thousand documents and four million pages, all looking at the JFK assassination, and nobody really knows what happened. Wow. And this is part of the challenge of history. Now, when you look at history from a scientific perspective, you cannot actually record what happened to JFK because we don't know. You can record all of the different pieces of facts. You can record, well, we know that, you know, a bullet entered JFK from this, you know, on this trajectory and did this and went here and there and bounced off this. You know, we can record those kinds of things, 
But we don't actually have the answer. And so scientific history, I find personally, which is the modern way of history, modern way of doing history, I find it very limiting. History as a humanity looks at how does history affect the human being? How does it affect the person? How does it affect, you know, what they were thinking, what they were going through, what was going through their minds, all those kind of things. And once again, we have the same limitations. What we do have and what we can work from is human nature. Because human nature has not changed. It's been exactly the same. That is the constant. So we can work from the constant of human nature and we can try and put ourselves in the shoes of the people who were living in the past. And when we try and put ourselves in the shoes of the people who are living in the past, the story can become something that is more relatable. Now, in doing so, we run the risk of presenting a fact that is not a fact. Right. But guess what? In scientific history, it's exactly the same. It's like the difference between empirical science and historical science. Empirical science is dealing with facts. Historical science, like, you know, evolution and so forth, is dealing with, well, we think this happened in the past. You know, we see the evidence, this is the evidence that we have, and it's an interpretation. History as a humanity is an interpretation of the evidence that we have, whereas history as a science is just a presentation of the evidence. Right. And so, yeah, people ask the question, are they saying, well, this is unhistorical? Well, actually, it is unhistorical if you're taking a scientific approach. If you're not taking a scientific approach, it's just a different form of presenting history. And it's a form of presenting history that... Anybody who knows me knows that I lean towards. I like to, I like to dig into what was the human experience of somebody in those times. And we're never going to get close to it, but I like to try and get as close as we possibly can so that we can relate to it and we can learn lessons from it. And this is where it becomes important. If we just deal with the evidence as we have it, the bare bone facts, it becomes harder to actually learn the lessons of history. But if we can study the culture and if we can then place our shoe, ourselves within the shoes of those people in that culture, we have a better understanding. There's a couple of thoughts to, uh, to share on that thought anyway. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.